According to Catherine Dill of the Wall Street Journal, some 300,000 public school teachers and other staff left the education field between February 2020 and May 2022, a nearly 3% drop in that workforce, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Worn down by the challenges of teaching through the past few years, more educators say they are considering doing the same. A National Education Association poll conducted this year found 55% of teachers said they would leave education sooner than planned, up from 37% last August. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. Oop, that was, that was an wow. today. <laughs> you know, you think you were getting better at this, but I like I really did well like last that. time. I apologize about that. Um, let's let's first say hello and introduce our guest, who is a repeat offender at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hello, Lauren. Lauren's Hi, back. Guys, hey, how are you? I feel like we should just be a threesome at this point. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're such a frequent flyer in this. Uh, world yes uh, I, world. I appreciate you having me back of course um so we are our plan was to talk about teacher burnout it's the end of the year it's really i think very stressful i actually talked to someone uh yesterday the day before uh from a different school district than mine that was saying how much way more challenge she has a student with special needs so she's like not only was it challenging for me in my position in a public school but to have a kid with special needs and like have to deal with that it has been by far the most challenging year throughout this whole COVID. so our plan is to talk about that today but well and coming full circle because we started at the beginning the first podcast um talking about a lot of this stuff and and staffing shortages and so what i think we're seeing based on just even that article and that's just one piece of information is that this is not necessarily getting better and that um within that article they also talk about educators leaving the field and going into other professions that are being marketed to them so you know tech for example markets to teachers to come and work for them because you have this nice unique skill set we can use that we'll train you and then that's applicable to our field this other field um, the other thing that happens unfortunately is that someone leaves uh, a position and now that their job gets put on someone else to do so those that stay and stick it out are still experiencing even more stress because now they're required to pick up the slack yeah, so we are going to dive in, deep dive into all of that today. Well, that was dive. basically saying Raleigh put a pin in it. <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh, can you put a pin in that? All good points. Uh, no, I think coming we, in hot today. We talked. Yeah, yeah we, I think we're we're all coming in hot from the um, from the I think trauma of what we've heard come down from the Supreme Court this week. I think there have been four to today to literally this point today on Thursday, June thirtieth. Nice uh, thank you. I was like, are we in March? Wow. <laughs> anyway, wow. so um, that there have been four pretty major um, things that have come down from the Supreme Court. Obviously, the most um, intrusive being the Roe v. Wade piece. And we felt the need as three strong women in the education field that we really wanted to take a little bit of time to address this and the other areas um, where the Supreme Court has really... Um, interfered with the lives of other people in a really negative way and that's just our opinion but i think it's also something that obviously if this stands and we're very lucky that we work in a state that's um, allowing this to still be on the books and is very much supportive of women's rights but 
um, understanding the implications of this are just so deep and far-reaching and how the impact of this is going to affect the education field, obviously. It affects women, it affects men it, it, that, that love these women. It affects a lot of, of people. Um, it instantly increases the chances of you know women dying from, from this. And so I think we just can't not talk about it. There's a lot swirling around. And I think as much as it may not exactly affect education today, this minute, it definitely has long reaching um, implications for it. And for, and if you're wondering, we are uh, very, very, very upset about what went down this week. And we, you know, I think from an education perspective, we really want to tie it all back because that's our podcast. However, just the, the um, implications of being an independent, strong woman who can make her own decisions, it really is frustrating that someone is trying to come in and say, actually, no, you're, you're not good enough for that. We, we can make those decisions for right. you. And we, you know, we just had um, a conversation that we did a few weeks ago about the school shootings and um, how it, it's just border, you know, beyond offensive to think that someone feels that they have the right to have a, to possess a weapon, but yet a weapon of mass destruction, essentially, that can eliminate, you know, a hundred people in a clip. And yet it's, it's someone's right to tell any woman what they can do with their body. Um, the juxtaposition of that is just absolutely um, horrifying and, and hip hypocritical is the understatement. So I just think we're very passionate about a lot of these things because they do affect life as as we know it and they also affect the lives of kids that we love and serve and protect and work with and it's just a, a really daunting situation that we face right now i actually i think that this is kind of like a good way to tie everything in together because if this is something that the government is going to control then there's going to be a lot of kids that need a lot of help if I mean, depending on obviously the state, but mm -hmm. there's going to be the social emotional support. I think of the place that I work currently and I, all I want to do is help the kids and like they're there for a specific reason and often it's, they don't have a family because of the circumstances, but that they were born into and there's not enough schools like that. So what's going to happen is that they're going to get referred to special ed maybe because they're having some kind of behavior because they are not having the right role model or um, or the right family dynamic or whatnot. And it's pretty scary, I would say. Well, I think that you think about the domestic violence. I mean, one of my first students I'll never forget, and I we're gonna have to put this on explicit. Um, <laughs> but one of my first students, I'll never forget, I had to teach him one-to-one -one reading. And I remember hearing his story about, um, and this was a very long time ago, about um, being involved, him and his sister were involved in this, the parents were domestic, uh, the father domestically abused the mother, blah, 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 blah. Eventually she stood up for herself and one night she put the kids to bed and he was coming down to get his sister a, a glass of milk and witnessed the mother get so frustrated with the domestic violence shoot the father and then turn the gun on herself and he witnessed this is the whole thing and so you have these situations where these poor kids are born into them mm -hmm. and so now you're saying you know not only do you not have a choice to be to not have this child to not be born into a domestic violence or an abusive or I don't want the kid because I was assaulted and I can't stand to look at him so I'm gonna put them up for adoption and then they're in the adoption system for 15 16 17 never get adopted like there's just so many implications to this that are not 
they're just so bad for kids. Well, and I just want to add something. I think it's, you know, we're certainly not saying, oh, well, this kid that had this horrible thing happened to them. I guess it'd be better if they just weren't here. Like that's not, mm -hmm. no one's no one's making that judgment for anyone. I think what's devastating that coexists with this, unfortunately, is that, you know, that's wonderful if a person decides they want to have that child despite the environment i mean that's the person's right and choice but then what are we doing to support any of these families and children once they're born and i think that's something that you know depending on the state you're in it's just not consistent from place to place and some places have much better mental health services they have better family care prenatal care aftercare um you know providing services for um, early intervention and other states don't have that and so it's also the access to things that of course when they rule on something like this it's and we're going to make sure that women get all the care they need and all the support they need and the kids get all the support they need but we know that that's just historically not accurate and in fact they slash these programs and oh we don't need i mean we know the state that we exist in in massachusetts they you know the kids are always struggling they're always struggling to find beds for kids with mental health challenges that are in acute care acute need and crisis and they're sitting in emergency rooms for you know days weeks potentially and longer to find a bed because they've slashed that out of, of, of well, the budget and talk about talk about like snap snap programs and Correct. white program low income programs WIC, and, and the kids that who when COVID hit we saw i remember it being such a passion in this state at least of school districts making sure that lunch breakfast lunch and at times like dinner was served for those kids mm -hmm. because a lot of our kids in low income communities with whatever life circumstances mm -hmm. needed food and they relied on going to school every day for food and so now we're just exacerbating that yeah i think like saying what you just said rally like for a woman to decide, yes, I want this child, and to take that option away from them is just gonna overflow any of those things that we've created for people that do want these kids, but they do, they just don't have the economic like resources for it. So, I well, mean, and then they become deadbeats, mm -hmm. or they're mooching off oh, the government. Right. Yes, of course, and it's their fault. Those things, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think we, you know, we are very passionate about this and i think the the supreme court purposefully put this decision out first um and then put out three other decisions that are really going to harm our society um and and i think with the miranda wright um, decision with the decision today about the environmental protection act and and with the border decision, I feel like they made the Roe v. Wade one first, so that way we couldn't, you know, they thought they would hide the fact that, you know, they're being a little bit less secure with the Miranda rights. So if someone forgets the Miranda rights, they can't hold it against the police or the, the border where if you live anywhere um, within 100 miles of a border, you don't need a warrant to be searched. Obviously, there's more detail to all of these, but all of these things in the, in the environmental protection that came out today where power plants can just now willy-nilly throw stuff into the, into the water or put gases in the air, exacerbating and fast-forwarding climate change. I mean, this is, this is a really intense time for our country, and we wanted to make sure to address all of these things. Well, and it links to everything that we do. It links to, I mean, at the, at the bare bottom of it all is like anxiety. Just general anxiety is, is high for people, and if obviously for our kids. Uh, we talk about how that all uh, reflects in um, the classroom setting. We talk, I mean, we can definitely bring it back into um, something that I said in the little quote in the beginning was, in the intro, was about people, you know, having to 
um, that they're, they're basically by attrition or by choice, they're moving on from education. And then what happens to the people left behind? They're taking on this onus of, well, now these three people left and we don't have anybody coming through the door. So you're now responsible for all these extra responsibilities that you're responsible for the responsibilities. That was a little, um, it couldn't be more creative on the fly. You're responsible for all these extra jobs or, you know, extra circumstances that you now are, are in charge of. And meanwhile kids are like you know they're they're flinging pencils at you they're you know writing things on the wall they're texting in class they're doing things that are just like kind of like f you everybody like we're sitting here and what are you going to do about it and that's like i mean some people that's their daily experience unfortunately and not necessarily in a school that just services kids with emotional behavior i'm saying gen ed yeah i think a lot of um burnout from teachers like it has to do with the extra responsibility that you're taking on like you're not only um their teacher in teaching them how to do math reading and writing and whatnot uh but you're gonna the it is i think personally like you should be learning to be respectful to people around you your parent that's your parents job or your guardian um it's not something that you're supposed to be learning at school in the moment when you're supposed to be learning some kind of academic um and then it, it, i think a lot of teachers take on like a parental guardian role where we're making sure yes mm -hmm. that you're getting some, your breakfast we're making sure that uh you're getting obviously your lunch and then also like i have heard um from other resources that i listen to that um almost like a psychologist like or a clinician in a way then mm -hmm. how are you doing but I mean as a special education teacher I, I didn't go to school for that and at, there have been times I think in my career where I want to make sure that I'm doing the best mm -hmm. thing for the kid or saying the correct thing because obviously I care about the student but I, I went to school for a, a, a different reason like obviously there for the children but um not for that really uh, clinical piece. Well, that's such a good point because I think that puts a huge burden on people. And I think like, be, you know, sort of the, the, the disclaimer or the qualifier at first of saying like, we're all doing this for the kids. We're certainly not like, oh, I'd like to opt out of caring about them in this way. <laughs> like, that's not what we're saying. But... I think it's such a valid point to sort of speak to like, you don't necessarily, like of course there's a there's a bare minimum of engagement and, and understanding about where a student's coming from. And we've talked a lot in our podcast about being, having people within a school community knowing and connected to a student. So every student has somebody that knows them very well, but that's a huge burden responsibility to bear that you may not feel qualified to, clinic, to clinically um, work with a student and maybe you don't know what your other options are and the student's telling you things that are happening or you're noticing them acting a certain way or that they seem more stressful. They're, they're drawing you know, very provocative images or they're writing provocative information. And what do you do with that? And I think it's, again, speaking to making sure that, that everybody's feeling like they have somebody to go to. Both the kids have someone they identify, but that the adults know that there's always someone that can you know that they can talk to about a concern I mean the last thing anybody wants to do is is sort of push aside a concern that they are brought to from a child and something happens so I mean there's there's just so much responsibility that's put on people and then don't even get me started on like let's arm the teachers like let's mm. sure like let's let's, let's arm add them. that to the plate let's add that to the plate because yeah, that seems like a thing double. anybody wants to do <laughs> yeah. so like oh, it's, it's just terrifying. I mean it's almost like is this a really bad movie and it's not and that's the scary part this is life and how do we muddle through it the best we can and hope that 
something changes somehow because you know this the cards are stacked against us a little bit here even though i'm not part of the tiktok generation oh. as you've said time yeah. having, i'm oh, a little i'm, I'm a smidge not, older than that a lot of um, more than but a i do love a tiktok so i follow a lot of teachers on there and i've watched these teachers do who you want to give any shout outs to any <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you could do a couple. Why not? I mean, Honest Teacher Vibes is pretty great. Oh, um, is it Honest? And this, uh, yeah, Honest Teacher Vibes is her. Honest Teacher Vibes. Okay. Yeah, and this makes me uh, Mr. Williams is another. Yeah, it's, it's so like so they're awesome, and they they actually have their own podcast. I can't. The name is slipping my mind, but mm. they're wonderful as well, and they tell stories. But pretty much, there's three of them. I think that run that have their own podcast at this point, and they travel to each other because they met. I think through TikTok. Oh, I don't cool. know their story. Yeah. Regardless, uh, but they're they've been fun to watch through the pandemic. They've pretty much all quit their jobs because of the, exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. the pressures that are put on mm -hmm. them, the expectations, the bringing the lesson plans in, but also being that social emotional support without any training or or PD about how to do it. And um, Lauren, I remember you mentioning to us prior to starting this day that you had seen a video on YouTube. Yeah, obviously the number one thing would definitely be like teachers' compensation and their pay compared to other um, careers. And I mean, people, I mean, I went to school with everyone that was a business major. Mm -hmm. um, this was my undergrad. I spent, or I have a ton of, did slash still do, have a ton of student loans mm -hmm. where I came out of college for my undergrad with a lot of um with student loans like a lot of other people here and i chose to be a teacher where i also had to continue my education into a grad school where you're just adding on that into debt um not everyone but a lot a lot of people where i'm not where i see some of my friends where they graduate they get their grad uh, undergrad degree and then they're making enough money to just continue to live and to like pay off their loans and all of a sudden I want to be a teacher and I got to keep going back to school um, to make maybe like a couple, a fraction of their salary mm -hmm. where, I mean, it's very Why different. Are molding work. the minds of the youth? Oh, of the yes. Youth that will inherit the future. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're, you're probably doing, well, not probably, you are doing literally the most important job. We are doing the most important mm -hmm. job in the world of, like, raising these kids to be adults, to, like, lead the world and be... Important. Sorry, doctors. Yeah, sorry. Oh, well, doctors are probably important, I mean, too. I feel, I feel, but like you have, we raised the doctors. Oh, yeah. I see. And then, is it like a chicken so, and egg thing? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? I, well, here? I don't know if there's actual chicken and egg. It's I, really I mean, like we raise kids to be doctors. Okay. That's fair, pretty much it. Fair. Yeah, that... I mean, they birth us. I guess. Right. So, right. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a chicken egg thing. All right, fine. Fair enough. Jeez, Louise. All right. Yeah, I think the sacrifice you make, it's... Do you want to just continue? Do you want to be a teacher or and be in debt? Or now there's so many other companies or different career uh, paths that you can take that where even like people are reaching out to teachers. That's yeah, to, to actually your point and to Raleigh's point with her intro, I in the position that I'm in have to deal with a lot of like tech companies or assessment companies or curriculum. There's a lot of different people. And every single person I talk to when they intro me into the program or the system or the assessment tool or whatever, 
they're all former teachers from somewhere else. So they are all being recruited. And now with more and more tech companies, more and more of these assessments, more and more of this curriculum out there, there are companies everywhere. I mean, I'm getting calls at least monthly, if not more, to either be a special ed teacher somewhere or to work for some sort of tech company to help build their systems into school mm-hmm. districts. It's, it's why, why wouldn't you yeah, do yeah, it? Absolutely. So what else did you have, Lauren, for, for the YouTube? What other, besides salary, what other uh, areas for the YouTube, from that YouTube expert? Um, well, obviously, salary and uh, pay was number one, which I think everyone has heard mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Um, but just what you your job duties are. Um, not only you're I mean you're going to school every day and you're in your classroom and you're whether you're a gen ed teacher a special ed teacher uh reading specialist whatever um you're taking on a lot of other duties where you have to do things outside your job description yeah I mean I think to your point earlier the school like having to be the psychologist and the social emotional and the counselor being a teacher and is is tough well, let's not also we, let's not forget. I was thinking about this too. How many teachers buy all their supplies for their students? Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that are making sure mm-hmm. that they have all the things they need um, within their classroom. So they're going and purchasing these things and finding ways to, you know, be creative with that. Um, and it's not something that's just given to them as part of their job. Yeah. Yeah, I can say that I will save anything that I think I can put in my classroom or something that my students will need or like or that will be helpful for them my first year. I bought a lot of socks and a lot of gloves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) What's number three on that list? Um, Just that administrative work. um, A lot of, or according to this YouTube video that I watched, I think um, where I have seen in my, in my uh, teaching career where people that are in administrative positions may not have ever been in your position or Mm -hmm. as a teacher. So they're handing you off a bunch of different tasks to do and thinking that it can be done throughout your expected workday where honestly, like it cannot where I mean, you're told to, okay, you need to do this kid's testing, you need to do this, that, and and then write this report, but also you're teaching this math class at this period or whatnot, and then all of a sudden it's the end of the school day and you haven't got like a bunch of things done, so you're gonna go home, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. after dinner you're like, oh, I have to sit down and do this. And then you're getting an email from a parent who's upset with something that happened at school today, and they expected a response immediately. So again, back in the the old days, you didn't have such a, a way to contact a, a teacher. It wasn't this this fluid, easy way to communicate. And it is honestly, I always give the shout out, love my parents. But remember that your teachers are working so hard to raise your your children, and emailing them at ten o'clock at night or you know early in the morning as though there's nothing else going on for that teacher but to think about your student and this particular issue that may be something that can wait till a later time 
is just a, an, another piece of this that is going to to contribute to the stress levels that it's just not a necessary thing to do mm-hmm. well and I and I think a lot of the teachers that I work with so I as an administrator now have grown up basically through the system I've been an assistant teacher a paraeducator teacher ed coordinator and I'm now in an administrative role and I do there's so much value in that appreciation of what mm-hmm. other people Absolutely. are doing. And I know in our state, there's not a lot of expectation. So if I wanted to be a principal or a superintendent, I don't have to have any, any schooling mm-hmm. that's education prior to that. So as a principal, you can have a business degree and then you get a grad degree in principal or leadership, ed leadership, and then you can get a job without ever having that experience. And I don't, I cannot say how valuable that is to me when I work with teachers because I feel them. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I, I actually emailed a teacher the other day and said, I understand how stressful the end of the school year is. I've been there, I've been in your shoes. How can I help you get over this hump of whatever we have to do? Um, and then to your point about parents, I, I think there are a lot of teachers that I work with that I've also said to them, set the limit. Yes. Have an automatic yep. response on it at night yep. or within your email sort of signature say, these are the hours I work between. And I see so many teachers do that now. I see so many teachers turn off and let parents know. And that, that is probably one of the most important yeah. things we've said in however many episodes yeah. that mm-hmm. you have to be able to set the boundaries. We talk so much about boundaries and what's you know, and, and within the, the, the place that I work to, and it just, you have to be able to feel like it's, you are empowered and it is okay for you to not be responding to things after a certain point in time. And mm-hmm. that that's just the norm. That's, that's not you not understanding or appreciating stress of other people, stress of parents, concerns, worries, questions, but there is a time and place for that to be conducted. If you try to call a restaurant that's closed at nine at 10 o'clock to order a pizza, you're not going to get the pizza. Right. And you have to accept the fact that you're not getting the pizza, but guess what? You can call the next day and get one. So mm-hmm. that will still, that order and that request will still be fulfilled. It's just going to wait. And that's okay for people to have to hear that message. This is not a 24 seven job. Well, and as someone who's been in, and you, we've obviously been in this a long time, and as someone who's been in the education field for a long time, it took me at least like 13 <laughs> to 15 years, 15, I would say 15 years to figure that out and to actually like <laughs> mm-hmm. turn off my email notifications that are coming to my phone mm-hmm. so that when I was on vacation, I wasn't stressed about an email that came in not that I was responding to it sometimes I would but <laughs> it was it's just receiving that email right. and the stress of and you having to wait yeah. to respond right. to it and it really is well, whether you're a, an intern a first year teacher or a 30 year teacher you gotta turn off at some point well unfortunately and this is something we're going to talk about in a future podcast um we are in a generation and an era of time where think people just expect instantaneous results. You you want a question answered, you put your phone on, you you ask it, you type it in, you get that immediate answer. Everybody wants immediate sat- instant gratification, and it's just not something that we need to to make the norm for certain things. It's okay to push that off. Hey, Delay and, gratification. And in great news, yeah, the federal laws around special education don't actually require email responses immediately. Oh, okay. So you're not breaking any laws by not responding to emails immediately. There are some guidelines around having IEPs out in certain times, having Mm -hmm. evaluations done within 30 days and 45 days before a meeting. All those things still stand. When it comes to responses, there's best practice, there's courtesy, there's all of those things, but there's no law that says you have to respond within 
four minutes of right. my email. So did good you not get everyone. my email? Right. Yes, that you just, just let it go. Sorry, let know, it go. And hopefully you have good administration to remind you of that as well. Yeah, I think also just tying everything together, like you're responding to that email because you care about the kid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have and your relationship with the parent, by the way. Absolutely, there because they are their caretaker. You're their caretaker. Every like you're all a team just to help them succeed and be successful and like independent in life but in order for them to get your support you need to have some time away from separate separation from work and um self-care your i was like your personal life the band chicago once said in the 1980s everybody needs a little time away who so, said that? Chicago. Oh, the band. The band. Oh. <laughs> um, they definitely mentioned that everybody needs a little time away. Now, this was about a love story, but I'm just saying in general, I think that's a good rule to follow. Everybody needs a little time away. And that's okay. So That's it, not the song, but that, that, I do think they need Without labeling all five things, Lauren, Wait. I actually think we covered your other two areas because it was parents. Absolutely. And it was... Um, being more than just a teacher. So I actually think in our conversations, we wrapped it all up in a pretty bow altogether. But is it not important to email the student's teacher at midnight on a Tuesday about math? Will they be okay? They'll be okay. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm hoping the student is asleep at that time. Mm, You know, sometimes parents will stay up. That's true. Wondering about their math homework. (laughs) (laughs) that is true and and for the parents out there you don't have to worry about that i know it's there's a lot of anxiety especially now post not post covid because we're still not out of it apparently but in these times where things are still pushing and like i said the federal department of education has still not done anything to help sort of alleviate any of the challenges that have come with being sort of quote unquote out of COVID and back in schools, there's still that pressure to meet meet deadlines, meet graduate requirements, meet MCAT or um, state standardized tests. There's none of that. So we understand and we hear you. We understand those pressures, but allow yourself that that time to breathe and and work together with everyone. So more balance. For all of us. Yeah. I was like, the social-emotional piece coming back from something like that is way more important into regulating everyone compared to is this student going to understand how to do this math equation that mm. they're probably never going to use in their life? You know? <laughs> I mean, not to you say know, I'm, I'm living proof that math is very hard and I don't use it very much. So, <laughs> Congrats to you. Shout out to my dad. Thank you for all the support in trying to teach me math. When I had to say things like, can you t- talk to me like I'm five? I don't understand geometry. <laughs> the, per- the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, like who okay. needs it? Who needs it? All right, so... Thank you, everyone, for listening. Raleigh has a great... Uh, I mean, I think it's great. That doesn't mean everyone does A great ending, uh, getting to know you. Yeah. Getting <laughs> icebreaker for us. This is our icebreaker, yeah. Um, what is one of your favorite words or phrases? Oh, So no. I can go first, because I definitely use this a lot. And um, you know what? Shout out Full House. The original, not the Fuller House. You got it, dude. Mm, that is that a, a bit. classic. <laughs> you got it, dude. I actually say this to my students and they never, you know, to their credit, they don't give me any side eye. They're just like, okay, that's fine. You got it, dude. 
Or just sometimes you got it. Either mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. What do you get? What do you have? What do you all have? Hmm. No? Okay. <laughs> I would say mine is not so much a phrase, but it's either um, a song. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird. Is it always the same song? No, there's a couple of them, and I'll save you guys from me singing them. Or it's a British accent <laughs> that I speak in. I don't know why I do it. I was not <laughs> it's so bad. And it's really weird because my best friend does it too. So shout out to Lauren's best friend. Yep. Yep. Her name's Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> and we'll just sit there and just reference maybe like a weird movie cro- quote but it's in a British accent so, oh my god and then you know sing what? song lyrics whatever song over and over yeah. nothing makes sense I feel like I pretty much hold stuff together all day when I'm at work and then I get home and I sing these random songs and I make them up about my dog shout out to Marcus Smart the dog <laughs> at Marcus Smart the dog on Instagram he's the best and or like I'll sing just like random songs about what I'm cooking or what I'm making but one thing that might annoy my friends a little bit is that they'll say something and I'll go okay I believe you <laughs> from Beetlejuice no it is absolutely the worst <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it is brilliant. Choosing between that and anything else, I choose the latter. Anything else. <laughs> okay. So, I believe yeah, you. No, I, I'm not happy that that's back in your brain again. Anyway, it's never thanks okay. for listening. As usual, <laughs> we, we appreciate the support. We see you. Um, we see you that you are liking us, that you are listening to us. Please, again, we've we said it a lot, but feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, feedback. We love to hear from you. Ideas you have, we would love to to know what you're thinking. Ideas would be wonderful. I think we think that we're on the right line with trends and what's what people want to hear, but it's always good to hear that feedback. And um, follow us on all of our socials, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Unstuck Podcast One. And I promise this summer we are going to put out more content it has just been as you all know just such a crazy crazy year and dare i tease that we might do um some type of video a tiktok or a youtube i really hope that we're gonna get into that we need to hopefully things get much easier yeah um now that it's summer and we can start getting maybe cool to do a live too but we won't you know, well, like, we so, let's not jump the gun. Horse, yeah, like, let's say. just take as a look at the 1800s. <laughs> We're not going to put that part before. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you. you and have a good day. Okay. I believe you. Shout out to Winona Ryder. And the other people from Beetlejuice, the one that's on Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>